0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of My First Season. My guest today worked in Club Med Sandpiper during the winter of 1989 1990 as a baby club geo for her first season. She worked for Club Med from 1989 to 2004 in such villages as Eleuthera, Ekstapa, St. Lucia, Crested Butte, and Paradise Island. She even did two stints in Sandpiper and Miami Corporate from '97 to April 2000 as childcare slash circus HR and childcare regional manager. Fun fact about my guest, before Clubbed, she worked in a YMCA summer camp, and when she got to Clubbed, she felt it was exactly the same as that YMCA job, except ClubEd had a bar. And she's also the owner of ExpandingJoy.Love, which is a website that sells t-shirts and hoodies and is a place where each person is encouraged to live their happiest life based on what makes them happy. And we're also going to talk about that during this interview. She is from British Columbia, Canada, so please help me give a warm welcome to Miss Jo Moore. Hey, Jo, how are you today? I'm great, Greg. How are you? Thank you for being here. Thank you for having a mic. Oh, thank you. Of <laughs> because, course. Because uh, not, not everyone does, so it's really nice to, to hear uh, your sound and you this morning. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, sitting comfortably, are you ready to light this fire? Absolutely. Okay. So I think, you know, maybe you have an idea how we do it back here. If you can take me back in time before Club Med to, I guess, where what you were doing, where you were living, and uh, how did you first find out about Club Med?
1: I grew up in a small town in British Columbia on the West Coast. So I grew up in a town called Sechelt. After high school, uh, I had saved up some money and I wanted to go on a vacation. I thought, okay, independence. And I didn't have anybody to go with. So I remember going to the local travel agent and asking her, what, like, where can I go that's easy and safe, really You know, fun. And she said, Well, if you're going to go by yourself, then either a cruise ship or Club Med. And at the time, I think I was 18, 19. And I said, I think cruise ships are for old people. So whatever that other thing is, I'll do that. And I didn't really know much about Club Mad. I knew it was all inclusive. She said uh, Ixtapa was a great place to go. It was an easy plane trip from Vancouver. And so I off I went. I paid my money and off I went for two weeks in Ixtapa. So that was my first experience of Club Mad. And I had it was in the days before there were locks on the doors. We didn't have to wear shoes. And I thought this was
0: the best place on earth. Now, is it true that when you went there as a GM, I'm just trying to figure out, because I know you worked at Xtapa later on, but is this where Kevin Bat has his first season as tennis and yes. Steve Riley was Picnic Joe? This is true.
1: This is true. Yes. The first time I went there, I didn't play tennis, but I remember Kevin Bat because he was super tall and about the same age as me. So um, he was young. And yes, it was his first season and Steve Riley was doing snorkel and he was did he did a lot of the games around the pool and all that kind of stuff. So he was around the village a lot. And so I did. I do remember hanging out with Steve some. But yes, it was their first season in Club Med 2. And then to later on, meet up with them to do many villages. And Steve and I are still friends. We've been on uh vacations like uh he i know he does a lot of club med reunions and we've been to aluthor several times at the same time
0: yeah he has the uh the barefoot travelers club yes the okay. soul family yeah yes it's pretty cool because normally when i ask someone who went to club med as a gm they don't remember any of the team okay for whatever reason so it's it's pretty cool that you that you can remember that it was kevin betts and steve Riley's first season
1: yeah. It, well, it wasn't, I didn't go to club med immediately after I left as a GM. I actually um, was working as a nanny for a few years and then thought I kept remembering Club Med though. At the time, the chief of village had asked me if I wanted to stay and do hostess. And I thought, I'm not ready for this. I was very shy, very introverted and very small town. And so I thought, no, I'm not ready for this, like to just stay. So I went home and continued my nanny job. And but it never left my mind. I just kept remembering it. So a couple years later, I did apply and start work at
0: Club Med. Do you recall who the chief was in XTAPA? No idea. <laughs> okay, no, that's good. You remembered Kevin and Steve, so you're you're good. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. I did. I remember some of the the GE's, the bartenders, and the um, there was like the maid that was that cleaned my room was super nice. So I do remember. I still remember what they look like. I don't remember everybody's name, but yeah, I still remember. They made a big impression.
0: Okay. So that was about when you went as a GM, 86 or 87. So we're in 89. So when do you, or how do you get up the uh, courage or, or whatever word to apply to club <laughs> Ed? Was there a deciding factor? Was it winter? Um,
1: <laughs> I was working at the time for a friend of our families as their live-in nanny. It was kind of coming to a close. They had, they were moving. And so I was living with them and I thought, okay, where am I going to go next? What am I going to do? I had worked for the YMCA, as you said, but it was a seasonal job. So I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna go for it. And my and the lady that I was working with, who is still a family friend, encouraged me a lot. She was like, you can do this. It's all right. <laughs> Broaden your horizons. And we traveled quite a bit as a family through Canada um, and the US and Mexico. So I was. Comfortable with traveling, it was just the whole independence kind of thing that was nervous. But she encouraged me, and so I applied. And being a U.S. citizen um, and who loved babies and had experience with children, I was kind of a shoe in for Sam Piper.
0: Now, did you have, did you apply? Was there a, like a HQ in in uh, Vancouver, or did you have to apply to New York? Or
1: Miami? no, I applied by letter, and then it was San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. Did you? Yeah, I went to San Francisco for my interview. You did? did you I fly, did.
0: You fly there or drive there?
1: I flew down. I my godmother lives in San Francisco. So it was perfect. So I flew down to San Francisco for the interview and found out uh, like less than a week later that I was hired.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. Now, did they just was it just like a one-on-one type of talking interview? They didn't make you do any dancing or uh, no? I jokes? didn't have
1: to do any dancing. Thank goodness. I might have not taken it if I had to okay. dance at the time. No, it was uh, John Shelley interviewed me. Oh, John Shelley. Okay.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm always amazed when go's tell me they actually, they flew on their own dime for an interview because maybe I got lucky. Mine. I'm from Montreal. My interview wasn't uh, in Montreal, but there's quite a few of you that actually. So were you, so you were willing like, because there was maybe you stood a chance of not getting the job, right? So you were fine with paying for that plane ticket. not. Really yeah, knowing. I guess it
1: never really occurred to me not to. I thought this is like a big adventure. So this is just part of the adventure. I think it it helped that I was going to go to somewhere where I had someone to stay with, like had family to stay with. But it was, yeah, it never really occurred to me not to. I thought, ooh, yay, this is kind of exciting. Like, definitely out of the box.
0: Now, did you have dreams of the Caribbean or West Indies and you found out Sandpiper or did you, were you okay with wherever they sent you?
1: I was pretty much okay with wherever they sent me. And in the interview, they did hint several times that being a US citizen, that I would probably end up in Sandpiper because, well, they were needing people who would, uh, who would happily look after babies in Sandpiper. So for me, it was all about the kids. So I was happy wherever they sent me.
0: Did you have dual citizenship back then?
1: I do have dual citizenship. Yeah. Oh,
0: you do. Okay. Okay. I do. I I know know I'm lucky. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. That's cool. Okay. So that's, that's, a yeah, I guess that's a no brainer then with your work experience and dual citizenship. Now, do you remember? and And
1: at the time it was the only baby club.
0: Okay. Do you remember anything about arriving
1: that first day? You know, your first season in Sandpiper? In Sandpiper, I just.
0: Or what do you remember of that first week or two weeks?
1: Oh, I had my roommate um, arrived at the... Sa- Sharon was her name, and she was from San Francisco. And so we both, I think we met on a plane. I think we like landed in Dallas or something and then took the flight from Dallas to Fort Lauderdale. And so we kind of met on the plane and ended up as roommates because we arrived at the same time and all of that. So that was perfect. And we ended up to be best friends for that season and the next
0: Oh, really? Oh, great. Yeah. I
1: do remember it was very overwhelming when I first arrived, being from a small town and being very shy.
0: (laughs) Uh, Did you, was Abdel Zawari the first chief that you had there?
1: Abdel was the chief and Howard McCarley was doing uh, assistant
0: chief. Okay. So he was uh, doing like, kind of like getting ready to be a chief of village himself, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Joe, can I ask you just a quick question about Sandpiper? Was there such a thing called Sandpiper Country Club? There was. I remember it was over by
1: the golf course and they had a separate, it was like the annex restaurant, but used mostly for the country club.
0: Okay. Cause I was in Playa 97 and a boutique geo had a, I had a cap that said, uh, Sandpiper Country Club, and this G, this GM wanted this hat, this hat so badly, he kept offering her an obscene <laughs> amount of money, and she kept saying no. But I had no idea why why this was so special to the GM. But uh, but that's the first time, and now you bring it up, that I, I totally forget about this that term, you know, like the the country club.
1: Yeah, actually, I forgot about it until we just started talking about Sandpiper right now. But it was a big part of the club at the time. So I know that the chief of village had kind of two hats to wear one for the GMs and then one for the country club. And I think that's why they had a assistant chief of village so that Howard could help out with both hats.
0: Okay. Now, were there any funny or interesting stories that come out of your first season? Did you make any rookie mistakes? Uh, Did you have any culture shock? I I, the,
1: Let's see. I was super shy and I wear glasses and I remember doing the shows and the choreographer had asked me not to wear glasses on stage because it reflected the light. So people couldn't really see my face. And I was already nervous. I'd never had to perform in front of people before or anything. And I do remember one show um, during rehearsal, I walked right off the end of the stage (laughs) And I wasn't hurt, but it's like a four-foot drop off the Sandpiper stage originally. And so after that, I spent a whole lot of time helping the set designer.
0: Okay, wait a minute. Are you saying they put The Shy Girl uh, first season r- into the shows right away? Could you not have avoided this? Like, uh, <laughs> well, got, I didn't You got cornered to
1: avoid it. I didn't the lie
0: the choreographer corner you or
1: (laughs) no no I was just (laughs) explained as part of the job so I thought okay I could do this like you know but yes I my eyesight is not very good and it was a black stage and so I just kind of took one too many steps off the end and I was okay everybody kind of panicked but I was fine but um after that I thought you know what I think I'm better backstage (laughs) so I spent (laughs) Most of my contribution to the shows as the assistant set designer. All
0: right. When you fell off the stage, did you pretend that that it was part of the number? When you fell, did you? Well, really, it was during rehearsal. Oh, rehearsal. Was, okay. Was rehearsal. Okay. It rehearsal. Yeah. Okay. Thank
1: goodness. No, it was during rehearsal because. I don't think I
0: could have pulled it off as part of the show. Okay. Did you, did a nickname, an unfortunate nickname occur because of this? Trip? No. Okay. Actually, good, good. Okay. So I was oh.
1: lucky. Everybody was really nice to me. Okay.
0: So Clumsy Joe was not on your badge. Right? No, <laughs> no. Okay. Good, good, good.
1: Okay. No, my, my, uh, my name tag badge, because at that time we had name tags and mine said Joe Baby. So, because baby, because it was always your name and then your service. Yeah. You know, like John Saline or something. So mine said Joe Baby, so that kind of stuck.
0: Did, G, did GMs tease you about that? Because it's a kind of a cool thing to have on your badge, but I I could see how it could go another way. So were you getting called Joe Baby a lot, even when Joe you...
1: Baby, yeah, no, okay. they were really good about it. I think nope. I looked nope. shot naive enough that people weren't going to make fun of it.
0: And when you were eating eating in the main restaurant, did everyone say no one puts Joe Baby in the corner? Did anyone use that? Oh one?
1: yeah, no. Okay, okay, damn, okay. <laughs> Right. I don't think at that I think that was before
0: uh it was uh well dirty dancing. No, I think yeah. dirty dancing was 88 if you were there in 89 or or oh or, yeah, no, I guess or, it was or simultaneously. Would have, been, <laughs> would have been there quite, yeah. So from Sandpiper you go to Punta Cana, summer of nineteen ninety, correct? Yes. And uh, what did you think of that resort after Sandpiper? I-
1: don't remember a lot about that village, but I okay. do remember that the set designer did not arrive for some reason, and somebody who was there that had done uh, Sandpiper with me said, "Oh, it's okay, Joanne or Joe can do it."
0: <laughs> oh, so Joe, Joe, Baby got volunteered for. Joe me. <laughs> Baby
1: got to be yeah, Joe That's set. So- Wow. So I do remember that I spent the first, I don't know, maybe month or so as a set designer having absolutely no idea what I was doing, because really in Sandpiper, Rob told me what to do and I followed instructions. But I do remember kind of taking over uh, set design for the first month or so and thinking, well, this is a character building experience.
0: Did you say Rob or, or Rod?
1: Uh, Rob was first was the the set designer in Sandpiper. Oh,
0: okay. He now, only did, I think one or two seasons, but okay. And then I see you follow that with Aluthra, and so you were with Mike Coltman and Sandpiper. Yeah. So now he is the chief, and you are in Petit Club now. I did Petit
1: Club because it was before Baby Club uh, existed in Aluthra. So I did Petit Club and Aluthra. Uh, and my first season, yeah, I loved it. Eleuthera is probably my all time favorite village.
0: Oh, it is. Yeah, I hear it's very, it was very beautiful.
1: Yeah. And just the locals were really friendly. And I don't know, everything just kind of clicked that season. And we got to stay for a year, which was uh, the first time that that happened. So it was really great.
0: Was there any, like, because you worked both in Baby Club and Petite Club, was there one that, and this could be because of the parents. Was there one that you preferred over the other? Like, or would you, or did you just, they were both the same? No,
1: it was always for me under three is my favorite kid zone, like newborn to three. And that oh. continued even after Club Med, because after Club Med, when I uh, left cl- the club, I started a home daycare and I looked after still infant to three.
0: Okay. And you, so you said spent uh, two seasons in Eleuthera? Yeah. Okay. Anything interesting or memorable or mm. funny?
1: Just that the locals were super great. Oh, I do remember that was kind of the season where we discovered, you know, like you're always just six people removed. And so we used to play the game at the at at dinner with the guests. Like, okay, because you could sit two GOs at a table. So we would, uh, one of my roommate and I used to think, okay, so... How, who are we going to find that we're six people removed from? Like, where is the connection at dinner going to be? And I remember sitting down one night and, you know, the typical questions, where are you from? What do you do? Yada, yada. And somebody said that they were from South Dakota. And I was like, really, that's awesome. Cause I have family who live in South Dakota. And it turns out after a couple of questions that the gentleman went to high school with my dad
0: what? Are you serious? And it was
1: like, oh, you know what? The world is much smaller than we think.
0: (laughs) I didn't think this was, you were ever going to get this six degrees of separation. Are you Oh, we got
1: it all the time.
0: Really? We
1: did. We would, like, it was a game. Like, yes, we could find some connection somewhere. Not every dinner, of course, but more often than you would think.
0: It would never occur to me to try this because I think the odds would be so remote that that would happen. Oh my gosh. You actually found someone that went to high school with your father.
1: Yes. They played on the same basketball team. Cause I said, he was like, I, he's like, you really South Dakota, You have family. And I'm like, yes, they live in Belfouche. And he's like, Oh, we live in Spearfish. I'm like, Oh my gosh, my dad went to high school in Spearfish. (laughs) And you know, it was, you know, yeah. So after that, we definitely upped the ante and, and, uh, played that more often for sure and I do remember sitting down with for dinner one night same kind of thing only I was on my own I think there was maybe another go from another service that I wasn't familiar with so much and same thing I you know go around the table hi I'm Joe you know who are you what's your name whatever and this one gentleman kind of looked at me strange like I should know who he was or something. And I thought, oh, no, maybe he was here before and I don't recognize him. Or anyways, and so he was like, anyways, it was Lenny Kravitz. Oh, really? And I had no idea you who he
0: must, was. You time. must be yeah, the only woman on the planet that did not know who Lenny Kravitz was.
1: Well, <laughs> I wasn't a big music fan. So no, and then I'd been, you know, I'd been away on islands living for the last two years. And so, yes, and I didn't know. But would it
0: really matter if Lenny Kravitz played the guitar or not? Like, you know, like he's got that (laughs) thing. He's got that aura. No, doesn't he have a magnetism about him? I mean,
1: I don't know. He was just never on my radar. So,
0: okay. Wow. Okay, man, you're tough.
1: (laughs) He was there with his mom having dinner and I was like, so where are you from? And he's like, I'm like, oh my God, that's great.
0: Oh, he's from okay. he's from Eleuthera, Lenny?
1: Yeah, he's from Eleuthera, I think. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. I know that his mom was living there anyway. So he was there after that quite a few times. But yeah, he looked a little perplexed. Like, okay. And everybody else at the table was kind of like their jaws dropped. Like, what? You don't know who this is? <laughs> I was like, Yikes. oh, man.
0: <laughs> All right. So after Eleuthera, you go to Ixtapa, where you were first as a GM, uh, winter 91-92 with uh, Howard. And that was Howard mccarley now a chief of village. yeah
1: howard's the chief of village now in extapa which was kind of cool to you know have a familiar chief and it was fun extapa was the first that was the first village that i did circus in um like did the trapeze on my time off i was petite club that season but it, i'm terrified of heights
0: okay yeah after you fell off the stage yeah you yeah should, exactly should be, right? okay <laughs>
1: Yeah, because you don't wear your glasses doing trapeze (laughs) either, so, (laughs) (laughs) which I kind of thought was a benefit because then everything's a little blurry.
0: That's right. Yeah, you don't want to see the danger. (laughs)
1: You can't see everything anyways. But yes, that was the first season. Um, I did, I don't remember who the chief of circus was, but they must have been encouraging because (laughs) I did go and try it. And I remember going up the first time and thinking, I am never doing this again. And then I got down and sat right back in line again. (laughs)
0: Oh, wow. You liked it immediately.
1: So, well, no, I didn't love it, actually. I (laughs) sat back down again. So I was like determined to get that darn knee hang down. So, yeah, I did it, I think, five or six times that day. And then that was the I didn't do it again until I did a Luther again several years later. But yes, I did come, you know, get conquer my fear. I thought if I'm going to do Club Mad, I got to do this circus thing at least once.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you got to try. Even though I tried it. I didn't I don't I didn't like hanging upside down, but yeah, I tried it. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, I like hanging upside down. It was oh, just really? the, it was climbing the ladder that was, yeah.
0: Oh, climbing the ladder was my favorite part. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, there's the, something the for everybody part. then. <laughs> yeah. Well, you go to uh Luther but I think you do a sh- uh you did a, f- a fill in, right? Or you you did
1: Yeah, I think they needed uh, extra hands for a really busy summer.
0: Okay, it must have been some kind of a event going on, or
1: well, I think they just—it was like school vacation, so
0: oh, okay, get see. tons of kids. Is there was there a memorable kid? Like, can you do you remember? Do you think back? Like, oh. you know, like uh, I know I'll never forget this one. Does, do do you have like faces in your memory like that? Like once I remember? do
1: have a couple. I have um one little girl. Uh I actually have a picture of us at the end of the show together still. And she, I just, her name was Megan and she was just like one of those kids that you click with automatically. She was just the most, I don't know, like happy, loving, she was, and her parents were really nice. And I think they were from New Jersey. And I have another one who, uh, we had this boy, uh, with down syndrome and he was the most huggy, loving, wonderful child. And I remember that he loved the water. So we actually kept it, his parents kept him in a life jacket all the time because he would like run to the pool at every opportunity Oh yeah, and um, and just jump in because he wasn't afraid of it. So, yeah, so he wore a life jacket all the time. And actually, his parents had such a good time because they could leave him with the petite club because he was three for long enough for them to have a vacation. That they came back, I think, three or four times uh, to Eleuthera. So I we saw him again and again.
0: Well, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, you know the thousands of kids you must have saw you must have seen yeah. that you remember specific ones. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, there's there were a lot of kids. I just I remember a lot of diapers.
0: Okay, so so many diapers. So okay. many <laughs> okay. diapers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title of your book, should you ever write your autobiography. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Joe
0: Moore story. So many diapers. Okay. All right. Let, let's skip to Eluthra because you—that was ninety-four, ninety-five. So I started in ninety-four, and that's probably where we kept missing each other. All right. Oh now, yeah. Now uh, you say the chief village was was Dirk. Was that Dirk Nawira or a, another mm-hmm. Dirk? Yeah. Dirk. Yeah. Oh okay. Where, where's he yeah. from? Was he? Sp- Spanish or Brazilian? No, I think he
1: was. You know what? That is a darn good question. It... Italian. Oh, Italian. Okay. Yes. Okay. Italian. Now had to you... think about it for a minute there because the chief of sports that season was uh, also Italian. Oh, okay. I believe. And he, and I know that Dirk had a couple of GOs that he had brought with him kind of thing, like from the European sector. And we had one uh, Bettina in the baby and the petite baby club, as well.
0: That's hard to say. Bettina and the petite baby club. Yeah. <laughs> Bettina and the baby, <laughs> baby club. Was That's it true. was it this season that you start thinking? Yeah, hey, I'd like to be like chief mini club, chief baby club. Was did it start here or or was it before that?
1: You did know you- what? It never occurred to me.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: No, it was. Every season at the end of the season, Club Med, you know, gives you this piece of paper that says, where would you, you know, when you come to the nearing the end of season, a dream you sheet this paper that says, yes, your dream sheet. Where would you like to go? Who would you like to work with? What are your three top choices kind of thing? And I would most of the time send it back saying wherever sounds good. Okay. Like. I don't really, like you guys haven't messed up so far. You can send me where you want. Like there's not a bad choice, right? Finally, one time that I can't remember what season it was, but I do remember having it handed back to me. And I said, well, what's wrong? And they said, would you not like a promotion? (laughs) (laughs) Would you, we think it's time. We think it's time. And then it was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So it never really was kind of my ambition. But so, it, everything was going along swimmingly.
0: Okay. So it, so I guess this uh, was told to you in Eleuthera Ale- in because in St. Lucia, I see your chief yeah. baby club, right?
1: Yeah. In so in Eleuthera, it was, okay, it's it's time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, I haven't seen every village in the American zone yet. There were limited children's villages. So, yeah, they were like, okay, we're going to send you off and yeah. You're going to yeah. be
0: cheap. now. Yeah. Back back then there was more singles villages and now it's totally the opposite today. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's one singles village and all the others have families. I see you're with Gino and Dretta and yeah. St. Lucia. Okay. How, yeah. how was that?
1: I, he was amazing. I loved working with him. He was just a, this ball of energy and positive and fun and handled his stuff. I think he handled the geos really well uh, it was different because it was a far greater European team than North American, so that was kind of a bigger challenge. My French is not great; it never was, but it was a great first experience because Gino was very encouraging and always support, always very supportive. And it was a small, uh, baby petite club. There wasn't a ton of
0: kids like a Lutheran. Did you like the resort itself? Like, did you get time? Oh, to I loved it. It was sightsee, beautiful. sightsee or anything. Where?
1: Oh, yes. We used it because there you could go. You could take the bus for like super cheap and it wasn't a bus. It was like a van that they packed as many people in as they could, uh, the local transit, and you could go anywhere. It was fantastic. So we went to, we went all over the island, I think, and visited lots of different places and made friends with the locals. Uh, everybody was really friendly and uh, it was great. It was a, St. Lucia was not, the, I mean, the country wasn't as safe per se as a Luthra, but When you made friends with locals, they would tell you where to go, where not to go, where to eat, where not to eat, you know, things like that. And there were, Gina was really good about making sure that if you left the village, uh, you know, like after hours or something, that we always went as a group and not like don't wander around singly or whatever. But it was such a beautiful island. But
0: yeah. Now, seeing as how this was your first season as chief, do you recall any challenges or did you have such an easy season that uh...
1: I remember I think it because I now I did between my first season in Sandpiper and now I had done shows I didn't fall off the stage anymore <laughs> Um and I was coming out of my shell but I was still pretty shy and not You know, like I talked to parents. Parents were the easiest people for me, GMs for me to talk to. But if you weren't a parent and I didn't know you, then I was still pretty shy, you know, around the bar and stuff. But in this season, Gino said, Well, you're the only English as a first language chief of service. So you're going to do all the welcome, you know, the information tour and the welcome information in English. So Sometimes there would be like 500 people in the, in the theater and I would do the information meeting. So I had to overcome stage fright and I got really good at the welcome speech and I had it down to, uh, my team used to laugh at me because they were like, yep, it takes Joe 32 minutes to deliver that speech. (laughs) So I, yeah, I got over. I had to overcome my shyness and uh, be able to talk with a microphone and do all that kind of stuff. And actually I was offered a job that season by a GM who said, uh, came up to me after the information meeting and said, have you given that spiel before? And I said, Oh my gosh, like I do it every single day for the last four months or five months. And they were like, well, have you told this do you tell the same jokes or the t- same, you know, anecdotes or whatever? I said, yep. Every single time. And he said, well, if you ever want a job giving speeches, here's my card.
0: Oh, really? There's a job. Yeah. For that? Okay. <laughs>
1: There was, I guess, it was a promotion thing. Like he works oh, with yeah. promoting things, right. and so he was like, "We need people who can keep it fresh, but say the same thing a hundred times." <laughs>
0: oh, okay, now you got to give me one of these jokes. So which, which I don't jokes remember are... anymore. Oh, really? Oh, okay. No, it
1: wasn't. They weren't jokes per se. They were like anecdotes about the village.
0: And you don't remember any anecdotes.
1: I don't remember any oh, of them anymore. Too bad. I know. I gave that speech like hundreds of times, and I don't remember any of them.
0: Okay. Well, here's here's a question I'm sure the listeners are gonna wanna know. If you know, in case I forgot to ask you. So does your badge go from Joe Baby to Joe Chief Baby? Like what, what happens now?
1: It was still Joe Baby.
0: Oh really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that one stuck. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one stuck. Joe Baby. Okay. It was well for a while there was Joe Petit, but now it was Joe Baby. Back to Joe Baby. Okay. <laughs>
0: All right. And you did just the one season in St. Lucia, like the winter season? I did do
1: just one season in St. Lucia, yeah,
0: before they closed. Okay. Then I see you go back to Luthra and you work with the very famous Kenton Smith, chief of village. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who don't know. A cat. I mean, I never worked with them, but I heard the stories, you know what oh, I mean? Have so, you? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I arrived in Lindemann the season before he was there and the uh, Aussie geos could wait to tell me what he, what he had did on the <laughs> golf course. But anyway, we won't say that here, but <laughs> we, uh, won't, yeah, we okay. won't mention that now, <laughs> but if you got any uh, funny, appropriate kitten stories, I'd like to hear. Oh my
1: know? gosh. Um,
0: he, he was a character, right?
1: He was a character. He was probably one. He's one of my top three chiefs of village. Honestly, okay, okay. he was, and everybody, when I, when I got the assignment, everybody's like, Oh, you're going to do kids in a Kenton village. Like I can't, wow. <laughs> like, kids. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. And you know what
0: <laughs> kids wait a minute. What's wrong with kids in a Kenton village? Because I, I guess he, well, he I don't prefer... think he
1: ever did a kid's village before. I think it was his okay. first kid's village. That's <laughs> okay. the thing.
0: Okay. He had so... no
1: idea what to do with kids at all, which was to my benefit because he left it completely up to me.
0: And he was probably wondering what he had done to get assigned uh, a kid's village yeah. after after all these singles villages. <laughs> okay.
1: Why was I being punished? Okay. No. Uh, and the first time I met Kenton, actually, I arrived in the village week or 10 days early. And he was like, who are you and why are you here? Because it was really like there was like no GOs around yet. And I said, oh, you know, like, hi, I'm Joe and I'm the chief of Petite Club. And I'm just here to drop off my stuff because I'm actually going on a trip. I had made friends last time in Luthor with locals. And so I was chaperoning the high school baseball team to another island. Wow. Okay. I know it was fun. So I was taking the local high school kids with another parent to Long Island in the Bahamas to play their tournament. So I was being one of the chaperones. And Yeah. So I was, he was like, well, how, like what? And Kenton was very confused. He was like, how do you know these people? And I'm like, oh, because we're like great friends. And, you know, so I'm just here to drop off my stuff. I'll see you in a week. (laughs) And so I'm not sure I made it such a great first impression, but after that, you know, and actually one of the rules that Kenton and I agreed on was that he was not allowed in the yard of the baby club without my permission.
0: (laughs) Okay. And without
1: my supervision.
0: Yeah. Cause you know, sometimes those a- animation passages, you know, aren't, uh, I guess, taken the right way. Right. I guess. Well,
1: <laughs> yeah. And he just didn't know how to comfort a crying child or he just didn't know what, he was at a complete loss as to what to do with them. And so okay. <laughs> I'm like, just, yeah, you know what, if you're going to come into the baby or petite club yard, you must have my supervision. He
0: th- and he agreed. He, did he so throw we good, good, did he throw good geo parties? Do you recall? Uh, I don't remember. Well, I guess they were good if you don't remember, right? <laughs> yeah. Boom, boom.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> happy hour in K building. That's what I do remember. The geo building. Yes. But, uh, yeah, every now and then he would throw like a happy hour, which was nice.
0: Oh, really? So you guys would just go to this K building and have we would breakfast? go
1: to K building. Cause it looked at the water. It had like the ocean view, and it was set back, but it was an ocean view, and it was completely—it was on the other side of the theater, so it was completely separated from the GM buildings. So we could make noise and turn on music, and we weren't um, disrupting anybody. Okay. So Kenton used to throw happy hour every now and then over in the K building, and it had balcony. It had like hallways on the outside and the front, like facing the water, and everybody used to just kind of pile into the first floor balcony, and uh, yeah. Have happy hour.
0: That's nice because uh I don't recall ever doing that my uh, my ten years. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh! Yes, nice. Happy hour was quite popular, and because the liquor store was just right down the hill, and they had great rum in the Bahamas.
0: Oh yes, nice. <laughs> yes they do. Yeah, okay. yeah they and, do. The uh, Calic beer. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh yes, yes. I'm not a beer drinker, but yeah, banana rum was
0: my favorite. Oh yeah. Did you have that straight or some uh, some Coke, Diet Coke? You Coke, know? actually. Yeah. It was
1: super sweet. Now I know I couldn't drink it now, but
0: yeah, it was good at the time. Yeah, I, could, I have to drink in the daytime now because I can't drink at night anymore. <laughs> 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 what, what, what has become of us, Joe, baby? Oh.
1: I know. <laughs> My now, kids laugh because they've been back to the Bahamas and yeah.
0: All right. Well, before we leave the Bahamas, and because I see you went all corporate on me there. So I guess they, oh, yeah. they kicked your butt upstairs again. Do you have any? It was kind of another <laughs> one of
1: those things that I okay. got a report. I got, oh, your next season is you're going to corporate. <laughs>
0: Okay. Before we go to corporate now, did you, I I, I don't want to forget any stories like you wanted to share that I didn't ask you or, or if uh, we, you want me to come back to that or we can jump into your, your, I think that was, yeah, no, it was a
1: great season with Kenton. He was awesome. And I actually still to this day, he's gave me a postcard at the end of the season with like an encouraging note on it and a thank you. And I still have it to this day.
0: Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Now who who was behind you getting kicked upstairs to uh because that's a pretty big leap, no chief I'm not chief sure Baby Club to you know, sandpiper corporate, like child care and circus uh, HR just because you did trapeze all those seasons ago? Yeah. They
1: said, hey. No, because at the time circus and child care was kind of clumped together for HR purposes. Why? I'm not exactly sure, but
0: yeah, Now maybe because so, they were in
1: the same villages.
0: So this was like, yeah. So for June 97, April 99, you did that. Now, So in terms of circus, like, what did you, what did that mean? Like, what were you actually doing with circus? I, at the time it was Bob
1: Christians who ran the circus program as far as training the GOs and overseeing like the trapeze building and all that kind of stuff. So I simply hired the staff. Like I hired the GOs and sent them off to the
0: villages. Yeah. Who are some of the people uh, names I might recognize?
1: Oh, Josh uh, Munden.
0: Oh yeah. I know that name. Yes.
1: Do you? Yes. He was. Yeah. Josh was probably my most memorable hire. Okay. I remember he's from Newfoundland. Oh really? Yes. And I remember we got his resume and he seemed like a really sweet guy and he had taught like gymnastics, which was great because circus at that time was always in a family village. So you had to be good with kids as well. So we had experience with gymnastics and with children and I remember thinking oh yeah he'd be a great hire but he was in Newfoundland so it was very difficult to by that time people weren't so willing to spend their own dime to go to an interview but we did phone interviews so talked to him on the phone and then I remember talking to it like calling him one day forced like to get some information or something and talking to his mom because his mom answered the phone she was very sweet and she was like please he it's like April, and he is out there shoveling snow.
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, Canada. Yes.
1: (laughs) Can you please, please find him a spot? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so I do remember I, uh, we, I did, I hired him and sent him off. And uh, we did a season together later on. But yeah, he was just and still is the friendliest guy was great.
0: Okay, and then so you were at Sandpiper for about two years, and then now you you make the move yeah. to Miami corporate, correct? In, uh, yes, because
1: they closed the corporate offices in the Miami Village, and every, we all moved down to Coral Gables.
0: Okay, I'm assuming then you were saddened by the news that Sandpiper switched owners, I guess. Uh, I'm assuming assuming that place has a it was your first season and you know
1: yeah it was my first season and then when I left corporate it was my first season back into the villages too okay so Uh, and yes I would dig corporate there for a while and so it was it yeah I was like sad to hear that it was
0: Yeah. (laughs) So what what made you, yeah, so you said, so in summer 2000, you find yourself in Sandpiper with Linel Benzoni. So what, um, did you just miss the village life? Like, is that why you? you I really
1: enjoyed corporate. I learned a ton of stuff that I never would have got to learn. HR was very challenging at that time. The computer system was all in French. Okay. <laughs> so that was a challenging part, anyways. But I did after I did HR, I got to do child care program director. So that I loved. I got to go around to all the villages in North America and train the chiefs of baby, petite, and mini club and train GOs and set up a training program because there wasn't one for North America. So that was really I It was very fulfilling and and I got to do a lot of things. And when they did the big uh, renovation at Punta Cana, I got to go down and talk to the architect and, you know, like kind of have some input in what works, what doesn't, things like that. So that was amazing. And I do remember we I was living at the time I was sharing an apartment with Kate Ferguson, who's still with Corporate in Miami. And we were living in Coral Gables, awesome place to live. And But I remember getting my tickets for the month. At the beginning of the month, the travel department would hand you your tickets. We still had paper tickets those days. And I remember having this huge stack of tickets and my average month was traveling. I was on the road for 22 days a month. Wow. And I just thought, this is crazy. Like here I came to corporate thinking I was going to have a life outside of Club Med. And there was no time for that. And it was still, I mean, it was fantastic. And it was still all encompassing. So I thought, you know what, (laughs) if I'm going to have it be all encompassing, why am I paying rent? Why am I paying for a car when I don't use them? So I said, I requested to go back to the villages. And they said, you know, they were very accommodating. They didn't give me a hard time. And uh, they said, yes, you can go back to the villages.
0: And boom. And did you think you were going to get sent to Sandpiper?
1: Yes. Oh, I knew that.
0: Okay. Well, oh, wait, <laughs> wait. can I back you up a sec, Joe? Because yep. you mentioned uh, paper tickets. And since you're early 90s, Geo, then I oh, want yeah. I want to see if you have a similar... To this day, like right now, if you're driving around in or, or, or in your area where you live, if you see a purelater or FedEx truck, do you do you automatically think they're delivering you your plane tickets?
1: Oh, <laughs> because this well, happens
0: to me all the time. Like I just go oh, there. Really? Oh, yeah. Right away. I I'm mean, back. I'm back in 94 and I'm waiting for my paper plane tickets to arrive by purelater or FedEx. So do you? Do oh, you, my gosh. what well, this to you? Because of
1: the town I lived in, we didn't <laughs> have purelater or FedEx in my oh, town. Oh,
0: really? Okay. No. Well, so how did they just mail them to
1: you? I don't remember anymore. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. They might've just mailed them.
0: But
1: I think if there was, there were a couple of times between seasons where I only had a few days because of staffing. And I agreed that, okay, I'll go home and eat McDonald's and do my laundry and hug my mom. And then I'll go quickly again. But I, I think that plane tickets were like waiting for me at
0: the airport or something. Okay, how about this one? You're in a grocery market. You're in a grocery store today. You hear you hear a Club Med song that you used to dance to back in the day. Oh my gosh. To, you have I to physically see- restrain yourself from moving yes. side to side. Okay, good.
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my kids, when they were little, used to laugh because we had a Club Med C D. So we had oh. all the crazy signs. So my kids grew up with the crazy signs. <laughs>
0: Okay. And they thought they're cool until their friends saw them. Right? What is well, that? Well, I and also they...
1: ran a home daycare. So, okay. for, oh, well, for 15 years after I left Club Med, I still stuck with kids. So I ran a home daycare. So everybody, like all the kids, would know the crazy things.
0: All right. Now we're uh, so summer 2000. So did you, um, so Lino ben- Benzoni? Was that your first time working with Lino? Yes. Okay, yeah. and you're there. You're. Of course, Chief Baby Petite clip. So you get you get your old job back. Joe baby, Joe baby's back. Anything? Joe uh, baby's
1: back in business. Yeah.
0: This is, this is after Y two K. Anything cool happened? Interesting.
1: Oh yeah, I remember Y two K because I was in corporate and we were all panicking. Yeah, about- because
0: you guys had this computer system that you know, oh. didn't didn't have the zero zero whatever. So did anything? No. Did anything I just different?
1: remember everybody panicking, and then the next day getting up and going to work, and it was fine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it seemed like a you know, much much, like, much ado about nothing, right?
1: <laughs> much ado about nothing. I remember Paris panicking and having, yeah, and yeah. Anyways, I remember and everything worked fine. We were like nothing happened. We were like, oh, here we were stressed and worried, and nothing happened.
0: And how'd your season go? And the uh, sandpiper, that's in
1: sandpiper, it was good. I don't remember a lot about it. It was Lionel was great. He was very welcoming and it was a good, it was a very was the first time that we combined petite and baby club as one service in sandpiper and we had a ton of kids and uh i think my staff that year at some points was up to 50 go's
0: so 50 holy
1: 50 yeah during high seasons I had a, a geo team of fi- uh, 50. We were like, obviously the largest go team in the village. yeah. And so it was just really a learning curve to have that big of a team and to be, you know, it was fun though. We had a really good time and uh, we had a, a I think they, that was a year that we did some renovations in Sandpiper in the mini club and petite club and baby clubs. And so it was just like, yeah, just a super busy season, and I remember though not doing a lot of shows that
0: season. Well, yeah, I think the,
1: you... the, the trauma of the first season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That stage was beckoning to you, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: exactly. But they <laughs> they were also we were short of a of a chief. We didn't have a chief of Baby Petite for sandpiper and that's why i think that's part of the reason they were so accommodating to let me go back to the villages i totally agreed i said you can send me where you where you where i'm needed obviously i knew where i was needed because i was one in the behind the scenes at the time but i said i'll do anywhere you want and they said you do sandpiper and you know your are will make the decisions for the next couple of seasons and then we'll send you wherever you want to go
0: which yes, the only black mark I see on this perfect Caribbean resume is that you go see snow. They send you to Crested Butte in the yes. winter. Okay, now <laughs> I guess. And it was
1: the open. It was the opening season of Crested Butte.
0: Oh, was it? Oh, you yes, had open the Crested. first
1: season ah. that Crested Butte opened, which was why I got sent there. What's they that? were like? What was okay. that like?
0: What do you remember? It
1: was a little chaotic at first because they had done some renovations, as you might know. People might or might not you know. It was already an original hotel. So it wasn't like we we bought a hotel or we were, you know, using the hotel and it was at the bottom of the ski run. So it was perfect location. Amazing. But as you say, I have been in the tropics or on beaches for the last number of seasons. So it was a bit of a shock to go to snow. (laughs) And I don't ski and I don't snowboard. Okay,
0: (laughs) well, yeah, because. You know if you fall yeah up where before, would I have done that? <laughs> yeah and if you fall four feet off a stage I don't think we should be putting you on a snowboard Joe baby. No, no probably no, not no no, no, no offense. No, no. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't which was actually fine because I didn't miss that because it was a busy season for kids. And in Colorado much of your season is spent with everybody from Brazil.
0: Yeah that's right. Yeah.
1: You learn the very basics in Portuguese because they don't speak a lot of English. And so you have, I remember Mini Club having like 200 kids, and I mean, none of them speak
0: English. 200 Portuguese kids? Two hundred right. Portuguese. That's, spokes- okay, and how how's your Portuguese today? Do you still have any of it?
1: Not at all. The only, uh, what is it? Uh, to the bang. Okay. That's all I know. <laughs>
0: okay. Everything's
1: wow. okay. Yes, everything's good. Yay! It was kind of one of those all-purpose sentences or all-purpose phrases. Yeah. Wow. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. Um.
1: So I do remember, and it was very interesting because uh, I had to get used. To, at the time, it was uh, mini club because a mini club. Yeah, I did mini club that season. Yes. Not petite club because there was no petite club. Okay. And so it was, yeah, it was in because you hand off your kids to ski instructors. That's right. Yeah. And then they have to, they're supposed to bring them all back. <laughs> yeah. Oh so you don't know if they're all back because they come yeah. back. They come into the boot room where everybody gets out of their snowsuits and out of their ski boots, and then they all go for lunch. So then you kind of have to count all your kids you know, 200 kids in the cafe in the restaurant for a mini club lunch to make sure everybody's there, or their parents haven't snagged them on the mountain. Or, yeah, it was
0: a stressful season. <laughs> I guess you had both types, you probably had the parents that couldn't wait to you know leave the kids with you and then others that had separation anxiety right was always about 50 50 or it was
1: yeah i would say uh, when i was doing petite club i remember parents hiding behind palm trees okay (laughs) or yeah we had a saying they spot you they got you okay <laughs> trying to encourage parents to not come and check on them. We're like, yeah. they're three, they're two. You know, if you if they if you come and say hello, they're gonna cry. That's right, they're gonna yeah. be upset. But they're not upset when they're here because they're having a good time. But you know, you remind them that they miss you. So don't do that. Okay.
0: And I see after Crested, you go back to the sun and the beaches of Paradise Island.
1: Yes. Once they said, because I they, that was the agreement, like, okay, well, you got me for two seasons. You send me wherever you want. And then I, and then they said, we'll send you wherever
0: you want. So I requested back to the Bahamas. Okay, nice. And you were there April, 2001 to about, now you stayed quite a while there, right? Um,
1: that was my last village. And yeah, I was there for a long time.
0: And your job, did your job change during those? No, nope,
1: I was, I had the same job. I was, there was no kids in paradise. There never was, but I did uh, PR and local sales.
0: Yes. That's yeah. where you and I met there. Cause I, I do remember talking to you. I mean, yes, it's hazy, but I was in paradise in uh, 2000, 2002, 2003, but I do no, I, I do remember you. I just can't remember what we spoke about. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I was there with uh, Angie Bushi. Was the uh, chief of village, uh, right? Yeah, there.
1: Paradise was my last village, and I loved it because it was, you know, I'm I was back in the Bahamas. For me, that was like, I don't think I've ever felt like home anywhere else. Exactly.
0: No, you're here right. here and there. Yeah, I spent two and a half. Well, actually, three years total in the, in the Bahamas. Yeah, two and a half years in Columbus, and you know, six months in Paradise. But it's true. Mm-hmm. I do consider Bahamas my my second home. Like yeah, uh, like you do, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's just a beautiful place, beautiful people.
1: Oh, yes. The people were made it made it all, obviously.
0: Yes. Can we uh, move away from Clemme just for a second because I, I mentioned in your, your your intro, uh expandingjoy.love. Do you have a uh, you have some uh, some time to tell me about it? Oh, sure. Like what is it and what do you do? <laughs>
1: so, it started out
0: because 2 years ago I was
1: diagnosed with cancer and spent the last, I'm fine now, everything's great. Um, Yes, everything is good. They got it all. I'm all you know, as far as the cancer goes, I'm all better. However, after two years of treatments, I was left with enough side effects that I have a heart condition and some other stuff. And I discovered that I will never be able to have a regular nine to five kind of job, quote, unquote, not that I've ever had a nine to five job, but but I won't, you know, I just can't, Do that physically anymore. So I needed to find a way to financially support myself and still stick to. I was determined that I was going to stick to my values and my beliefs and my passion. And one of my passions is bringing a sense of fun to spirituality. So my belief is that we're all on a spiritual journey, some are more aware than others, maybe, but we're all doing our thing. And, but for me, it should be this sense of play and fun and, you know, positivity. So it came a friend of mine or a client of mine said, Hey, I just bought a yoga shirt or a t-shirt from my yoga instructor. And I said, okay, (laughs) kind of thinking. And the point is, and she said, you know what? Cause she had done several classes with me and she said, taken some workshops. And she said, I would wear a t-shirt that had stuff you said on it. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah. And one of my sayings that I use in workshops a lot is what would love do? That's always my question. If in doubt, what would love do? And so she said, yeah, I would totally buy a t-shirt. And I, so I started investigating what, you know, how to make that come about And I started looking into it just before my last surgery, which was in October. And so after I started to recover from surgery, it kind of came to fruition. So I thought, this is great. I can create T-shirts that are all positive messages that lean towards spirituality and so I get to keep my belief system and my purpose in life. And it's not a job where I need to be present to make money. So I thought this is, and that's how expanding joy. And I've had the name, the company name, expanding joy in my head for a long time. And when Google came out with their new, instead of .com, you could have all these different options. And when I saw .love and I was like, that's it. <laughs>
0: Oh, is that right? Did that come from Google? The dot love?
1: Yeah. it's Yeah, I got it somewhere else, I think, but Google came out with all these new, I saw their ads for, you can have all these new dot somethings. And when I saw dot love, I went, that's it. That's my company. Expanding joy dot love.
0: Okay. And okay. We'll we'll tell listeners we're recording this uh, at the end of January. It'll, it'll probably come out in March, but you I just recently saw a post from you on Facebook where you're you're making a hoodie with um, you oh, yeah. wanted to know certain words that we used a lot in, in Club Med to put on a hoodie. And it's kind of like what the first words that you see that appear. Is, is that what you're drawn to? Is that the, like I, I don't know. I don't know what you call that.
1: So diagram. it's a word search.
0: Word search. That's right. Word, word search. search. Yes.
1: I made one for Valentine's. I don't know where the idea came from. I it downloaded. So I had this idea for a, a hoodie with a word search on the back with Valentine words, because I thought I wanted about because val- Valentine's is coming up now. It'll be gone when people listen, yeah. but uh, I wanted Valentine shirts in my collection that people could wear all year. Because, of course, my collections are all about love and things. So that was perfect. And a Geo an ex Geo saw it, Glenda Ann, G.A. G.A., yes. uh, G.A. saw it and she said, hey, you should make one for G.O.s. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that would be perfect. So I made a hoodie or a T. You can get it in a T-shirt or whatever with a word search on the back that has, I think it's 13 words from Club Med.
0: Yes. And you asked people, okay, because I'm, 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 getting, I'm getting into why this is funny, because you oh, asked yeah. people to chime in, like what words they used. Now, uh, <laughs> I just have to know, are you going to incorporate crack, crack room into this? No, album? I could <laughs> No, I know. I'm sorry. I saw,
1: I couldn't, <laughs> that, I, that, I couldn't think made, to get
0: it in there. Yeah. That one made me laugh, but cause uh, only, I guess not everyone knows that terms. So I, I can't say what it is, but I thought yeah. that one made me laugh out loud. And I thought, I wonder if she's going to put it in. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, I did. Actually, I saw my daughter yesterday and explained what it meant to her and she was laughing. So, okay, <laughs> yeah. Okay. unfortunately she knows far too many club men stories about me. Okay. But-
0: and and this and all the other things like we can find uh on your website and we'll yes. we'll put the link to the website in your show notes so I encourage people to go visit yeah. your website check it out spend some money you know christmas is coming <laughs> make great stocking <laughs> stuffers <laughs> or gifts in general oh, yeah. right <laughs>
1: And I have some uh, not only T-shirts and hoodies, but I also have digital downloads for affirmation cards and posters that are all the same kind of thing. So, and starting um, February 1st, if you go to the website uh, or sign up to my newsletter on the website, you can also get every month is a free, I'm calling them lunchbox love because most of the XGOs now have kids and, you know, we're all grownups now. Uh, So they are cards that you can just print off on your computer and and cut. And they're like little love notes that you can send to your kids or your spouse in their lunchbox. Nice. Yeah, they're really fun. I used to send them to my kids all the time. And so I thought, you know what, these are really fun. So every month there's going to be a new theme and a new kind of direction, but there'll be at least 22 of them on regular eight and a half by 11 sheets that you can just print and then you can cut them and put them into the lunch. So there'll be one for every day of the lunch for the
0: month. Okay, excellent. Okay, can, can I wait to check it out. And yeah. I guess I guess if any of these reunions are coming up, people can uh, buy, buy these things off your website and wear them to the reunion too, right?
1: <laughs> yes. All the shirts are, I can do custom shirts. I'm doing locally, I've done aprons for a local bakery and I'm doing uh, actually an XGO. Delina just contacted me and I'm doing the same kind of idea with the word search on the back for her uh, daughter's third grade class with all their names in it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: With all the kids' names in the word search. So I can do, yeah, custom shirts as long as they're positive and not that, sarcastic or that, rude. that's right.
0: Just like this podcast. Okay. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: So the as positive. long as I have
1: a positive <laughs> message that I'm all about that and I am happy to custom design stuff for people. Great.
0: Well, thanks for thanks for talking about that, Joe. Thanks. Thank now I have two more Club Med questions for you if you have a uh, time. Sure. Now, we, we did mention a lot of names, but I'm curious, like if there's someone else you liked, you enjoyed working with and had fun with, uh, if you want to shout out anyone, then the floor uh, is yours. G.A. G.A., yes. G-A one of my, first, one of my first guests, too, on this podcast.
1: <laughs> yes, she is the godmother of my children. And she has been a an amazing friend. We worked in corp. We worked in a Luther together. We worked in corporate together. We were roommates. Yeah, and she and she's still a big part of our lives. Yeah, for sure. And she, yeah, she is the the best thing I got from Club Med was my kids. So they were both both born in Paradise Island, and uh, she is the godmother. So, okay, and Lori Scott
0: too. Oh, Lori Scott. Scott yes, from Canada. Yes.
1: Yes, she was there at the birth of both of my children. And she went to Lama's classes with me.
0: She she was a nurse in Clement, correct?
1: No, she was uh, traffic. And oh, then yeah, she traffic.
0: Did, Sorry, Lori. And then she did HR. <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
1: Paradise, in Paradise Island, she was HR.
0: I don't know why I screwed up the job, Lori. I do remember you. Blonde hair, blue eyes, gorgeous. I remember yes. you, Lori. Okay, now she I works just...
1: for a cruise line.
0: That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, she was there to hold my hand for the delivery of my children.
0: Oh, wow. So really a Club Med world, huh?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Okay, anyone else? Who else did I work with? You know what? My mom worked for Club Med. Oh, really? My mom was a GO. She was. She did uh, some short-term to help out during really busy seasons. And then she was uh, chief of baby club and petite club.
0: So wait a minute. So are you saying that when your mom came to work, you were her boss? Yes. Oh, boy. What, what was that power dynamic shift? Light? It was great. She was <laughs> oh. great. Okay. She oh, was good.
1: awesome. Yeah, she did Xtapa. She did Sampiper. She did Eleuthera. Uh Yeah. So I think it was like, I think she was full time uh, GO for about three years. Okay,
0: so normally it's the uh, parent that gets the kid into Club Med, but it's reversed. Here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> no, and my brother did a season as well in Copper Mountain. Oh wow,
0: family affair! And, uh, he
1: did Copper, and he did a short stint in Aluthra.
0: Okay, yeah. and I guess so uh,
1: definitely a Club Med when family.
0: Are, when are when are the kids doing their first season, Joe? <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, I'm uh, my son is a mountain biker and a snowboarder. And took school to do, like, ecotourism. So uh, Glenda, uh, G.A. was just saying, Auntie Glenda, as we call her, uh, was just saying that, oh, you know, Canada has, Quebec has a new village. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) It does all those great things. (laughs) My daughter is actually, uh, she's not, she, her passion is working with youth at risk. So she is still kept in the childcare field, but she has a different slant on it, so... She's I she's off to Mexico in a month to visit Paula Fishman. Oh yes. Who is the photographer and yep. was in the village in Paradise Island.
0: Yeah. Also when, a guest on this show.
1: Ah <laughs> uh, yes. So she was there uh when Skylar was born. She took all my pregnancy pictures and all the baby pictures of my kids when they were born. And so she's so Skylar, my daughter, is off to visit her next month on vacation in Mexico.
0: Wow. Okay. So they're I... still
1: keeping their connection to Club Med. Yeah.
0: Nice. Very nice. And um, if I might ask you one last question, if you have time, what are What are yeah. the three things you miss the most about Club Med? Somebody else cooking for me. Oh, yes. <laughs> Agreed.
1: Okay. I have to tell you, I mean, I was, a, I was a really good cook before I went to Club Med. And then when I got back,
0: Mm. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't yeah. great. You just lined up, and there was food there three now times a day. Now that my
1: kids have grown up, I could care less if I ever cook again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now my kids are off doing their own thing. But so I had to cook when they were growing up, obviously. But yeah, cooking was never my thing. I think the beaches, the sunshine—being I live on the west coast of British Columbia, so we don't have a lot of snow, but we get a lot of rain. So I think I—I I miss that. I'm not so sure I would. I miss the heat, but I miss the sunshine.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um, Is there a third?
1: Probably the community between the GOs and the local staff. Yes. I miss that a lot. I made a ton of friends. Well, now, and some of them now are family because... Uh, my kid's dad is a local in the Bahamas. And so we have very tight, very close ties and family there. But yeah, I think that the community sense of community and and that it doesn't. Living in the in, in the islands, especially it was very much in the Bahamas, as they say, you know, you could sit down on your porch and somebody would just come by to hail you just to say hello There was no and when you come home, it's more like, oh, we're going to phone somebody to make in to set up a meeting, whereas in the islands, it was very relaxed and people would just show up. And, you you know, you always they always had enough dinner cooking so that if they had one or two people just show up at that time, you could just stay for dinner. So I think I miss that a lot.
0: Yes. I agree with you for sure. I'm so sorry. I have one last question, Joe. <laughs> I, lied. I lied before. <laughs> uh, was there, would you do anything different? Would you have changed anything or are you happy that the way everything unfolded in your like club med career?
1: Oh, I don't think I would change a thing. I, I basically, I grew up as an adult in club med. It was during my four, you know, like I was 21 or something and, Until I had kids and was an adult. I was 36 when I left Club Med. So I don't think I would change anything. It all just kind of like one thing dovetailed perfectly into another. I loved every single village I went to. I liked every chief of village I worked with. I liked every chief of service I worked with. So it made me who I am now. So I wouldn't change a thing.
0: Excellent. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, you've been a fantastic guest and I uh, really thank you for coming on and sharing your story with us today. Thank you. That was fun to
1: be invited.
0: Thank you. And uh, everyone, don't forget, I'm going to put the link in uh, the show notes. So please, please check out expandingjoy.love. Spend some money because I know someone's birthday is coming up and it's or it's an anniversary. So please, everyone, just please check it out. Or just for themselves. Uh, oh, yeah. Treat yourself. Right. Yes. Treat right. yourself. We don't do enough self-care, I, self-love. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much again, Joe. And uh, we'll see you all next week. And here's where we say goodbye, Joe. Bye. Thank goodbye.
1: you. Bye, everybody.